Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley. I'm joined by Sherelle McMillan following, I don't think it's hyperbole, Sherelle, the biggest win in Carolina Duke rivalry history. that Tommy could be here for this one, but he was one of the lucky ones that got down to New Orleans. He was in the building. He will be giving his thoughts with Vipolis, Dewey, I'm sure the rest of the crowd as well on Sunday. Be looking for that, Tower Hill fans. But we are coming to you just minutes after Carolina pulled off the upset again, again, Sherelle. As you sit here, man, just like what in the world is going through your mind at this point, my friend? Uh, you, you start to get destiny vibes i know every team yeah. in the final four feels like they're a team of destiny but the way north carolina has won these these last or two of the last three games against ucla a final four team last year and then against duke who's most people think is the most talented team in the country uh you start to wonder if something is like kind of ordained to happen and uh you know i don't think a lot of people gave unc a, a chance in this game it, it, yeah. it really unfolded not dissimilarly to the game in cameron now, North Carolina obviously didn't win by 13 points, but, um, you know, in the lead up to the game, it was Coach K and Duke's going to win because Duke's more talented and they're not going to they're not going to forget about what happened in Cameron and they're going to avenge that loss. And that was the rhetoric, you know, going into the game, yep. which ignored the fact that Carolina has played just as well in the NCAA tournament. Um, they beat a number one seed twice in one game. Yeah. They beat UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> they beat UCLA who came, you know, within inches of playing for the title last year. And then they beat St. Peter's who people are like, Oh, it's a 15 seed, but that 15 seed beat Kentucky and, and Purdue. Um, so they, they earned their way to the final four. And it was one of those games where it just, it wasn't pretty. You could tell that there were nerves. You could tell that all the guys on both sides really, really wanted it. It was a hard nose, hard played game. Yeah. And um, in those kind of games, it's not always pretty. Um, but I think, what UNC was able to do was just hang around. They never let Duke get, you know, out of, out of reach. It got to seven one time and they immediately, I think went on a, you know, quick four, nothing or six, nothing run to pull it back. And every time Duke was, you thought the knockout shot was coming where, you know, Keels or Griffin or somebody hits a three to take it to 10. Mm -hmm. It just never quite happened. And, um, and they hung around and then, the story of the season has been in the second half. Caleb Love is the closer. Caleb Love. Yeah. Um, And that's what happened tonight. I mean, he had, 22 points in the second half so he's, he's doing exactly what he did um you know against ucla what he did really most of the season he, he's yeah. north carolina's closer um and he hit you know pending what happens on monday the, the biggest shot of his career um to to give you and see the you know the lead it wouldn't relinquish yeah and it, it's a trope with the with these big football uh stadiums where they play basketball that it takes shooters some time to get accustomed especially when you're shooting from deep and i do think that that affected especially brady manic in the first half but let's start in that first half sherelle because i think the man of the game 
I, it's, it's either Caleb Love or, or R.J. Davis to me. And yes, Love hit the biggest shot of the game, but Caroline wouldn't have even been in the game at all, I don't think, if not for R.J. Davis and his performance in that first half. And he did carry it on through the second half. But just talk about just the development that you've seen from these guards and over the course of the season. To me, it's, it's, that has been by far the biggest storyline of this Tar Heel season. Yeah, I, I think heading into the season, even heading into last season, it was what would the freshman guards do last year? And this year, it's what will the sophomore guards do? When, when they play well, typically North Carolina has a chance to win. And when they don't, they don't. And um, <laughs> tonight, uh, you know, it was, it was, a, it was, tonight was very interesting because at different points of the game, different guys kept UNC in it. So there was a stretch there in the first half where it was all RJ Davis. I think he had, he had 10 points and the rest of the team had eight at one point in the first half. Then there was a stretch where Brady Manick got hot and hit a couple threes, you know, because he, he had a poor first half. I mean, he'll be the first to tell you he did not play well. He had turnovers. I think he had one field goal. Um, so there was a stretch there, in, you know, kind of midway through the second half where he kept North Carolina close. And then you have Caleb Love again in the second half, just taking big shot after big shot. There was a stretch there where Carolina was up six and it seemed like he was trying to hit a home run. He wanted to like end the game right there. And he missed a couple of shots and that allowed Duke to get back in it. But again, with love, you, you have to withstand those couple of shots in the middle to get the one at the end. So I think North Carolina fans will, will take it. Um, but yeah, the, the guards, I mean, they're pretty phenomenal. I mean, they play, uh, I'm trying to look at the official stats. I don't see minutes. Uh, let's, let's see. see I have it as, let's see here. Oh, love here it, I see it. Yeah. 40 for love and 36 for, for, for RJ. Yeah. So, I mean, the physical burden on their bodies to do what they're doing is incredible. So you, you have to allow for some turnovers and and a couple of of plays Mm -hmm. that maybe aren't their best, but when they are honed in and focused, you you can kind of see just how talented they are. I mean, tonight, you know, love was 11 for 20 from, from the field. Davis was six of 13. So 17 of 33, you will take those guys shooting 50% when they shoot it. I have to go look it up, but I'd imagine when they shoot 50%, North Carolina's never lost. I would imagine. It's it's either they haven't or maybe one or two uh, yeah, over yeah. The, the season. But I mean, somebody, I'd be surprised. Yeah, somebody ahead. go check that. Somebody go check yeah, that, you know, when check. you listen to this and, and, and put it on the message board. <laughs> the the play that I think signified the growth, especially in Caleb Love, was in the second half. It was when, in the closing minutes, it was when Duke and Caroline were just trading baskets. And it was a bit of a broken play. It was, the shot clock was going down and Caleb Love was open at the three, but it was the only Duke player between him and the basket was Williams. And I was, that's a moment where in my brain, I was kind of worried that Caleb was going to take a three that he wasn't really hitting that well tonight, but instead he drove it, went right by Williams who had 4,000, couldn't really defend on that well and just hit the, the beautiful scoop shot. And I think that gave Carolina another uh, one point lead. Those are just that's the the type of development that I think has really stood out. And ju- I can't speak highly enough for the coaching staff that have got these players to this position. I mean, when we were talking over the summer, you, the whole IC crew, you know, the questions with coach um, with, with coach Hubert Davis were legitimate, especially during the season. I mean, th- there were some times where it was like, what is Hubert going to do? And man, the way that he has got these kids to buy in Sherelle, just speak to that because it is a truly special thing that Hubert Davis, Hubert Davis and his staff have done so far. 
I think that's the biggest thing is, is the buy-in. That's what changed everything. Um, you've heard him talk about over and over how he wants these guys to have their own experiences and, and have their own testimonies to the Carolina program and, and all that. And it took, uh, I think, them relaying, the coaching staff relaying to the players theirs. And then it took them, honestly, getting knocked down and, and almost knocked out against Pittsburgh yeah. and a couple of other games to really – for, for them to say, okay, guys, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? How can we be more together? And the togetherness, I mean, you know, I've talked all year about how talented North Carolina is, but in this game, there was no question who the more talented team was. Yeah. And I think uh, because of that togetherness, the way North Carolina plays, that's why they won the game is, is because they believe in each other, believe in each other. Um, they are empowered by each other and by their head coach and it, it's resulting in wins. And now they are, amazingly somehow 40 minutes away from a national championship. I mean, think about this, John, this is not hyperbole because I've been thinking about it for a while. Hubert Davis in the last month has two of probably the five biggest non national championship wins in Carolina history mm-hmm. Two, Hubert yeah. Davis head coach in the last month, the, you know, the most storied basketball program. Okay. For those who might be listening, one of the three or four most storied programs, I think it's the most storied, he has two of the greatest non-title wins in the last month. I mean, just, just think about yeah. that. I mean, that is, that is amazing. <laughs> and it's something that we just did not see coming six weeks ago. First year head coach, Hubert Davis. First I mean, year just, head coach. God, it's yeah. been incredible. And the buy-in, just the way that every player on this Tar Heel team knows their role and they execute the role. I mean, you know, I think if you had told, a lot of Tar Heel fans before the game that Armando Baycott, he would get 20, was he either 20 or 21 rebounds? I forget uh, mm-hmm. what he ended 21. up with. 21. Mm-hmm. If you told that he got 21 rebounds, people would have gone, oh, okay. But then only 11 points. Mm. Can Carolina win with Armando Baycott only chipping 11 points? But they were hard-earned points. He never stopped. He played through whatever injury he had there in that second half. But even when he had to come out, Puff Johnson – came in, played big minutes. Leaky Black did phenomenal today. He a, Another performance that it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but if you just watched Leaky on both offense and defense doing exactly what he knew he needed to do, it was incredible. And I think that knowing of the roles and execution is how Carolina won tonight. Would you, is that, is that kind of driving with, with your overall thoughts here as we sit here? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, entering the game, uh, a lot of people thought the, the game plan this time for Duke was <clears throat> instead of, um, you know, kind of doubling the, the high ball screen, it, it was going to be to allow whoever is guarding Leaky to roam and kind of be that plus mm-hmm. defender to double on Baycott and double on shooters and all that stuff. To Leaky's credit, he came out and hit two threes, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that 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 causes even even though he took five, just hitting those two gave them just enough hesitation. Um, on, on giving him space that it, it opens other things up driving lanes this game in particular for the mm-hmm. guards but I mean as usual he was tremendous uh, you know eight points which is really good for him mm-hmm. nine rebounds uh, Carolina had 50 rebounds this game it, it there was a point where they, it felt like they were getting out rebounded because it felt like every loose ball was going to Duke but you know they ended up with 50 rebounds ended up winning the rebounding battle 50 to 41 so that's that's huge for one um, he had two assists, you know, a block, you know, just doing leaky things, playing all 40 minutes. And if you go and look at his cover, uh, A.J. Griffin, he had, I think it was 27 or 29 points um, in that game at UNC. And in the last two games against Carolina, I think he had 
He had three or four in Cameron, <laughs> and he had six today. He was one of seven from the field. And, you know, Leakey's people are, are, are rightfully so started calling him the eraser. And, I mean, it's it's an earned nickname. It's not something that uh, I think is just, you know, fan propaganda or UNC propaganda or anything. He legitimately has become an eraser. And, you know, I think he's going to have the, the matchup on Agbaji on, on Monday. Um, you know, that's, we, that's the other thing where th- this game meant so much around here that it's kind of like, oh, yeah, they're playing for a national <laughs> championship more. on Monday. Yeah, yeah there's, there's another game. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and just, you know, looking through the, uh, bot score, um, just a couple of other things that, that kind of mm-hmm. stuck out, um, Brady Manick, you know, uh, again, he, he was, he, he had some stretches there was not rough, but he had three blocks mm-hmm. is what they credited him with in 39 minutes. Um, so he played some tough defense, Paulo Bancaro. And let me say this, I know this is a rivalry and everything, and, you know, people aren't here to hear us praise the rivalry and all that, but if you take out our, you know, the, the fandom of our subscribers and the fandom of Duke people. What a tremendous college basketball game, man. I mean, it was, it lived up to it. You know, Jake Billis has this thing about how Carolina, Carolina Duke always delivers, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was, it was a slugfest. It was just yeah. back and forth, big shot after big shot, play after play. And, and Manning's defense on Ben Caro down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, it was incredible. And he hit that huge three right before Caleb Love hit his where, mm-hmm. I mean, if I think Duke was up by two, maybe, um, but it gave Carolina a, 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 a that lead again, that one to two point lead. And I mean, I couldn't believe it because that shot was tough by Brady that uh, he hit. It was coming off the screen, top of the corner um, at, uh, at at the top of the key and just drained it. Um and- yeah, you know, John. Also, just looking, and we're just free flowing. But looking oh, at yeah. the box score, you know how um, Hubert Davis has talked about keeping Carolina principles, but adding kind of his new flair on the game and how to mm-hmm. play. Well, I mean, this game to me was a, a perfect example of it. Uh, you know, you have the rebounding F- again, fifty rebounds in the game for UNC, but they also uh, were plus fifteen from beyond the arc. So. Mm-hmm. You see the, the the foundation, which is rebounding and, and securing the ball, getting it into the bigs, but you also see kind of the new things that he wants to do. And for the second straight game, I mean, in Cameron, uh, UNC had 55 second half points against Duke, mm-hmm. and tonight they had 47. So um, you can see kind of how UNC, as the game goes on, there, there is, I said it with Joey, it's like a running game. It just kind of eventually wears you down. Like, yeah. <laughs> And that's what happened, and Caleb Love closed it. Well, and let's talk about that hand to God or whatever. If you believe in when Caleb love took that shot, did you think it was going in? Oh, I told my wife I, before, the, before the possession started, I said, Amanda, Caleb love is going to take a three right on this possession. I said, <laughs> the question, I, I, I promise uh-huh. you, I'll, I'll, I will go get her and bring her. I said, the only, I said, the only question is whether or not it goes in uh-huh. because that, I mean, that's his role in the team that, I mean, yeah. I'm not, and that's, I'm not, that's not um, a criticism at all, but that's his role on the team is to take and make huge, gigantic mm-hmm. shots. So you knew that he was going to take the shot. It was just a matter of whether or not it went in. And the kid, man, all the way back to, to Syracuse and, and Louisville and, and, you know, UCLA and even, um, you know, there's another game where he hit a, a huge three. Uh, anyway, there's but almost there's, too many at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> the kid has, he has that. He has it. He, he's always saying, I'm him. I'm that dude. He said a, a other few choice things that I can't repeat <laughs> on the podcast, but they're all accurate. I mean, it's fair. Um, you just, you kind of wish we've been saying it for 
really the whole year. I wish he could just bottle that that 10 minutes up in the second half and, and yeah. apply it over 40. But again, when you're when you're playing the minutes he is and, and chasing guys around screens and playing great defense, it's very difficult. But uh, just a tremendous game from him. Really, everybody played a part. Everyone who mm-hmm. was in the game at some point played a part. So um, yeah. just just a tremendous team win uh, for Hero Davis and the staff. They made some amazing adjustments. I'm just talking. I don't really know what to say because this is – like I said, uh, the, the <laughs> second time where we're like, is that the biggest non-championship yeah. win? Um, I think that's the biggest non-championship win. I still think the game in Cameron was the biggest regular season win. Oh, yeah. Um, people are going to call me prisoner in the moment, but that's fine. I mean, you're talking about Coach K's first loss was to Carolina and his last loss was to Carolina. Yeah, I mean, and that's, we haven't on. talked about that. We haven't talked come about on. that. And again, I know people don't want to hear it, but he is a great coach. He's had oh, an yeah. amazing career. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, if you're a Carolina fan, which anyone with a brain who's watching this is, um, <laughs> that is the most amazing way for his career to end. I yeah. mean, it is, it is, you, you couldn't write a script better. And now you have Roy Williams's other school against now, yeah. I, I saw a national writer say, this is the Roy Williams retirement tour. <laughs> and it, it kind of is because he, yeah. he got his, the, his, his first love against his, his second love. And, um, it should be a tremendous game on Monday, but yeah. I think the players should take another four or five hours and, and really enjoy this. And get, yeah. get it, it's got to be like, I can't, I haven't even watched the, the locker room videos yet. We'll do that as soon as this podcast is over. I can just imagine those guys are going crazy right now. It's going to be kind of difficult to reel it in. You got 24 hours. And then, like you said, they got to get right back out on, on Monday. So yeah. God. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think now it's okay. You know, Brady Manning, you've got one game left in your career. You know, when your career is going to end, it's going to end on Monday. It's just a matter of how it's going to end. Um, So I I think that is huge. And then, you know, just keep this stat in the back of your mind. I've been tweeting it out for a couple of weeks now, but on five days rest, UNC is undefeated, including tonight. Mm -hmm. And on one day's rest, they are also undefeated this season. So um, there are some trends going, but again, Kansas is a great team. They are. And then you also, you have to worry about Armando Baycott's ankle. How, yeah. how is that going to react? How's he going to be able to play on Monday? Because David McCormick is a load. Uh, funny story. All those guys used to play AAU together. David McCormick was on team loaded. Um, Armando mm-hmm. Baycott was on a team. Leaky black was on that team that year. So there's also a lot of familiarity between Kansas and UNC as well. Nice. It's going to be an amazing game. And yeah, I mean, we were talking a little bit before the podcast began, and in terms of storylines, going into the game, my thinking was that if Duke beat Carolina, it would be an interesting game in the moment, but to really have a Duke storyline, they would have to win the national championship. K goes out on top, the headlines write themselves. For Carolina, though, I mean, they've already made their story. Monday is going to be the potential fairy tale ending. And at this point, I mean, people can keep on doubting them, I don't know why they would at this point, but they will. And we'll yeah, see what I, happens, my friend. I think I saw the opening line. Kansas is opening up as a four-point favorite, which is cool. the same, same that Duke yeah, was, so the four-point yeah. favorite. God, man. Final thoughts here, Rel, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And I'm sure there's going to be a ton of coverage coming out on Sunday. <laughs> Everyone, keep up. Keep your eyes open. Keep your podcast feed, YouTube. We're going to be putting out tons of content. Keep your eyes open for that. But just final thoughts, Rel, what you got at this point, man? Uh, I, I would say just thinking about some some key moments in the game. Obviously, the fouls on Mark Williams were big to get those mm-hmm. early. Um, UNC didn't really capitalize on them, however, um, uh, until later in the game. But 
just the ability of the guards, as you said earlier, to attack as opposed to always settling for threes. It's it's okay to settle for threes sometimes because when you're good shooters, they're they're good shots. But um, uh, I think for North Carolina to withstand kind of the awful <laughs> we call it awful offensive performance in the first half and only be down by three. I think that uh, really gave them some positivity head into the locker room. By the same token, I think Duke probably was feeling good at halftime as well with Mark Williams only playing a couple minutes and them not shooting well from deep and still being up by three. So both teams probably felt pretty good. But in the end, I think it was just it it honestly was just North Carolina's three point shooting was, you know, uh, just a little bit better than Duke's. And that is you know, the, really the major difference in the game. Uh, the numbers are pretty similar. Both teams shot 42%. Uh, UNC was at 38% from three. Duke was at 22%. Yeah. Um, both uh, Duke shot 20 free throws. UNC shot 24. Uh, 50 rebounds for UNC, 41 for Duke. 19 fouls for Carolina, 18 fouls for Duke. So outside of the three-point shot, the numbers are pretty similar. Uh, so uh, I guess shooting in a dome isn't, isn't as terrible as they say. Well, and Carolina didn't back down. They showed their toughness, and those are the intangibles as well that the box score is not, not going to show. And again, just the words fail to describe how good of a job Coach, da- uh, Coach Hubert Davis and his team and his staff have done with this team. Um, we'll go ahead and sign off at this point, though, Sherelle. Everyone listening in, I'll go ahead and give the giant T-shirt plug at this point because I have an inkling that there might be some pretty cool giant T-shirt products coming out in the near future. So make sure that everyone go there. If you are an Inside Carolina subscriber, you, you get your 10% off of orders. But John Siegley for the Inside Carolina crew here, Cheryl McMillan, everyone else, everyone stay safe out there. And we'll talk with y'all again soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.